and welcome back to Harry Potter and the Read Read Podcast. I'm your host, David Jensen, joined as always with my co-host, Kyle Jens. Kyle, how are you? Swimmingly. We, uh, I'm going swimmingly. Very fitting, because we are talking about the second task, which is chapter 26 in the Goblet of Fire. Today, we're going to break it down and spoiler alert i guess but there is a bit of swimming in this chapter just a bit just a bit uh pretty iconic though uh we get to see this one played out in the in the movie uh in regards to the different tasks that they do it's probably my least favorite but oh for sure but it's exciting nonetheless because it is a task and we get to see a little bit of action in this chapter yeah uh, yeah we definitely will um why don't we we don't need to mess around and talk about what we're gonna encounter why don't you take us through it and then let's talk about what we in fact did encounter all right so harry ron and hermione they're in this super noisy charms class and they're discussing uh kind of the latest news and everything that harry had just heard um so Harry, he needs more help with his task, which he brings up. He talks about how he caught Barty Crouch in Snape's office and uh, also kind of referring to what Moody was saying about what kind of second chance Dumbledore is providing for Snape. Uh, Harry follows up, though, on his promise to Sirius to let him know if anything strange is happening and writes him a letter about the previous chapter where he had seen Barty Crouch on the map. Harry, Ron, and Hermione spend the next few weeks trying to help Harry find a charm that will let him breathe underwater for one hour, but they are not having any luck. A couple days before the task, though, Harry receives a response from Sirius, but instead of a long letter, Sirius just simply asks, when is their next weekend in Hogsmeade? So he responds, lets them know that it's coming up in a few weeks. Harry's back to... Uh, or Hagrid rather is back to teaching classes and he's trying to make them interesting for the students. He actually continues teaching uh, them about unicorns and he actually gets a, a couple baby unicorns to show to the class. Everyone seems to be receiving it quite well. Hagrid pulls Harry aside during the class, tells him that he's going to win this Triwizard tournament, even though Harry doesn't feel it. Uh, our trio here, they all go back to trying to find a spell again to help Harry with his task, which begins tomorrow. While in the library, Fred and George come by and they say that Professor McGonagall needs to see Ron and Hermione. So they leave, but they agree to meet in the common room later to go over some more spells. Harry leaves the library and continues looking through the books, but Ron and Hermione never show up. Harry takes his invisibility cloak back to the library and he continues reading books, trying to find a spell until he falls asleep. The next morning, he's awoken by Dobby, and he realizes that he's going to be super late for the second task because it's only 10 minutes away. Uh, Dobby explains and reveals that Ron, aka his Wheezy, is at the bottom of the lake and Harry must retrieve him. Dobby also gives him Gillyweed, which will allow him to breathe underwater. Harry sprints to the lake and he gets there just in time. And Percy is there on behalf of Mr. Crouch. And Ludo looks very relieved to see Harry, even giving him a few moments to catch his breath. But next thing you know, uh, Harry, they are off. They all dive into the water. Harry eats his gillyweed and soon he grows gills and webbed hands and feet. And swimming through the water turns into be pretty easy. So 
he runs off to and fly or swims rather around and he manages to fight off some grindy lows as he attempts to find Ron under the water. He also runs into moaning Myrtle, who conveniently points him in the right direction. Finds a village of mer people when he's down there, and Ron, Hermione, Cho Chang, and a small girl who's presumed to be Fleur's sister are all tied up, looking lifeless. Harry attempts to steal a spear off of a mer person who is guarding them, but he refuses, so he uses a sharp rock to free Ron. Harry then tries to save Hermione, but the guards stop him. He's getting very nervous as there's no one around, and he's worried about all these other individuals who are stuck under the water. Cedric does appear, though, uh, and he's used this bubblehead charm to breathe underwater, and he uses a knife to set Cho free and takes off. Then Victor Crumb arrives. He's in a half shark half human form and he uses uh harry's rock to set hermione free and leave because he couldn't use his teeth because they were a little less delicate um harry doesn't want to leave fleur's sister behind so he ends up threatening the mermaid people with magic and they back off and they allow him to release her and harry hauls both her and Ron to the surface getting there just as the effects of the gillyweed are wearing off. Ron chastises Harry for trying to be the hero, uh, saying that he was staying down there to save everyone, even though he shouldn't have, because Dumbledore wasn't going to let anyone die. Fleur, though, she's relieved that her sister Gabrielle has survived. Madame Pomfrey tends to everyone, as she normally does after a task. And Percy actually looks pretty relieved to see that his brother is safe. Hermione uh, and Victor talk for a little bit, and Victor notes that he has a water beetle in her hair, which she brushes away. After some deliberation, the points are awarded. Fleur, as mentioned, or Fleur, she uses the bubblehead charm. She didn't rescue her hostage after being attacked by Grindylows, so she receives 25 points. Cedric, as mentioned, he also used the bubblehead charm. Uh, he was the first to return, and he was one minute outside of the allotted time, so he gets 47 points. Victor used an incomplete form of transfiguration, but it worked, and he managed to save Hermione and received 40 points. And Harry, meanwhile, he was the first to get to the hostages, as they're referred to, but was the last to return due to his determination of wanting to save everyone. The Most of the judges thought this showed, and I quote, moral fiber. So he received 45 points. Uh, in the end, Harry and Cedric are tied for first place now after this. And is that it? That's it. That's it. Yeah. So there's a, it's a lot that happened. A lot long, kind of discussed. It was a longer chapter. Longer chapter. Obviously, the task. But before we get to the task, let's just quickly talk about how bad Harry was at trying to find a solution. Um, so I just, I understand he doesn't want to be told what to do like he doesn't want to cheat but i don't know why in his mind cheating and asking for help are the same thing so yeah. keep like follow me for a second here why doesn't he ask the librarian she might know where to look at least in the library mm -hmm. that's not cheating she doesn't know what the task is he could even ask professor mcgonagall when he first figured it out because at that point she might not know what the task is they haven't had to do any work to set it up, right? He had like well, roughly about, um, like a month between when he figured when he it out, did, a couple weeks, did, at yeah, least. Something at least, like that. At least there was one section in the chapter where it goes three weeks. 
two weeks, three yeah. days, next like a tomorrow. Few weeks like, later, type thing. Yeah, like it's just really interesting that he he doesn't even think like let me ask the older students in my house like anybody anybody need to like that's the thing like because he far-fetched it's it's different i think for him figuring out what the task actually is compared to finding practical ways Mm -hmm. to manage it so yes like yeah he kind of cheated or was provided the information in the first task when hagrid led him to it which is yeah again cheating but everyone else kind of knew but yeah there's he didn't find anything wrong with moody kind of piecing one and two together he didn't find anything wrong with myrtle basically piecing things together for him to figure it out he shouldn't have felt wrong about asking for help with this no it's kind of it's kind of strange though because like hermione's brilliant and you think that she would have known something well this is this is the other thing is like okay you're giving her weeks and in weeks it's not even like she can't find a good solution. She finds zero solutions other than partial transfiguration, which they can't figure out. Okay. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It seems unlikely that she wouldn't have found out anything. She's a very good researcher. Obviously. This bubblehead one seemed obvious or like two of the four champions had managed to use that. So it seems like that would have been like the lowest hanging fruit them to find the transfiguration obviously a bit more complex you know what i just remembered she has a literal um when they're talking about the um how they can't use transfiguration she has a comment where she says we can't use transfiguration we're gonna have to use a charm you know who they could have asked the charms teacher mr flitwick exactly you think he would be thrilled to be able to help a fellow hogwarts student yeah because yeah there's nothing wrong for that at all for them to be able to take part in that basically yeah yeah so i don't know luckily somebody else again comes to the rescue and dobby has the solution thank god i don't know why he took so long do you think he didn't he wasn't prompted to make um like was he waiting to see if Harry would figure it out? And when he realized he wasn't going to, he provided it at the last second or, or did he not get the information to help Harry until the last second? He must not have been aware. Um, Maybe it came to his realization when he was mopping floors or doing what else he does besides work in the kitchen that he saw that they were struggling with it. I'm not exactly sure where he would have gotten the information from because I also don't feel like, regular witches and wizards would want to necessarily they wouldn't provide that information to any other house elves because since they see them as kind of lower beings and more as servants so they wouldn't communicate with them on like that person to person or equal footing so i don't know how he would have figured this out to be completely honest with you well i mean it was moody right moody staged a conversation um and and i guess i guess the point what maybe i guess i guess that answers the question when he staged the conversation so that dolby would overhear it and basically that was done at the last possible second when he, he realized must, when that he realized Harry had he wasn't no idea gonna, what he was yeah. doing yeah no that that does make sense well yeah um 
so luckily Dobby shows up because if he hadn't shown up, not only would Harry have not had a solution, he wouldn't have woken up. How is this? How is this a thing? It's unreal to me that they would have just allowed him to sleep in like that because it seemed like during the first task, there was like a big meeting and briefing that they had beforehand there was it seemed like there was no concern whatsoever that their champion was not there for the task and it was only 10 minutes to go yeah nobody was like oh he's missing better not send a single person to get him when he's 25 minutes 30 minutes late yeah it's slightly concerning i give harry well i give harry some credit i also take away a lot of credit from him this chapter because i personally it wasn't one of his best for me but like you know that feeling where like you're at, wake up late for class or you wake up and like literally class is just starting at 8 a.m. and you're like, oh shit, like I got to yeah. get going. So I guess instantly like he's in fight or flight mode and yeah, really get the adrenaline going. That uh, really was. So, okay. So Dobie gets him the gillyweed. Gillyweed, what a great solution. Clearly the best one. Um, well, I thought was really cool in this chapter. Um, if you're not reading along, just go read this chapter, chapter 26. Is that's the chapter? Yeah, chapter yes. 26. Um, the description of like how the gillyweed takes over and how the like how he can't breathe until he gets back underwater mm-hmm. and then the water warms up. And then like Alex he's swimming around. Like that was really cool to read. I really like that part. I liked that too. Yeah, describing like how all of a sudden he was losing his breath, basically being above water and needed to be in there, how graceful it was for him to swim. It also explains probably why he was so get he was able to get there so quickly as well yeah. above everyone, because it just seems like he takes over this natural kind of fish being almost, as opposed to I question him because I'm like, why are you still in there? Like with your robes and everything, you just jumped in wearing like the most clothing possible. Yeah. Like weird. At least wear a swimming suit. Right. But it seems like once he got under, he could move quite gracefully with it. So yeah. Props to him, I guess. So the only real thing that happens in this task is he has to defeat one single Grindelo. That's about it. Flirt was not able to do that. So I don't know if it's tough or not, but that's, that's literally all that it was because the Mer people, while they were there with like staffs and weapons and stuff, they were, you. they were like refereeing or umpiring. Yes. This. Like they were working very closely with Dumbledore. It, it's evident in this chapter. So they were of no threats really besides getting down there battling one Grindelow and we don't even know if the other ones did we don't know if Victor and Cedric did we know that Fleur did maybe yeah. they got by without right like it's a big lake it's basically swim as fast as you can from one point and bring someone back and you're done there wasn't a lot to it no like it's just sort of like the task was figure out how to breathe underwater defeat the Grindelows swim back yeah which like, i guess uh, maybe yeah. maybe figuring out how to breathe underwater is actually hard and we were being a little bit too harsh on them earlier that, but, like that would be the biggest challenge i think and then performing the actual physicality of it but, but in the first task they had to figure out how to use one spell to get past the dragon 
But the whole thing with the first task was they were supposed to figure it out on the spot Mm -hmm. because they weren't supposed to know they were going to fight dragons. Well, here they figured out the underwater clue way early. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so they had lots of time to kind of figure it out. It seems like it wouldn't have been as stressful. We obviously don't get a chance to kind of see how the other champions are reacting to this beforehand because Harry doesn't get there in time. I mean, and kind of leading into that, though, we have to assume that Dumbledore wasn't going to let any of these individuals who were being retrieved die. But it's also they're put in a situation where it seems like that's pretty convincing that they will. Like the mermaid people, they're intimidating. The Grindylows, I'm assuming they have to be intimidating. Harry thought it was real. Harry legitimately thought that all four of them were going to die if they weren't but he taken might... aback Fleur he also might... thought that because she was very worried about her sister I think that they're more just dumb <laughs> like I get that probably we needed some more clear instructions um, but what Harry? If you don't figure out, if that's just gonna let Ron sit there forever, no. Come on. I, I yeah. I on, we already that. talked about how we weren't. We made a bunch. Um, we made a bunch of things so people don't die. That's like the whole. The that whole was like we brought it back because no one's gonna die. Yeah. That doesn't turn out great, but like. It's just it was very interesting to me that, yeah, he went into his into it assuming and like maybe again like if they were prepped or kind of told about it beforehand you think that they would have sat the champions down being like hey we have your best friend or your love interest or right. your family member they will be okay no matter what you feel like that would be important information to relay to them as well but yeah yeah. Just, yeah their way of thinking sometimes isn't the brightest yeah. Uh, so, but, but so yeah. So basically, the only other like things of note really in that task are that Victor does a bad job of his half transfiguration to the point where he can't use his teeth to bite through the rope. That was pretty funny. Well, I thought, I thought the half transfiguration helped him because, to my understanding, it was like his teeth were too like well, shark teeth aren't exactly the most subtle like precise well, things. But I, right? my my read of that was. The reason they weren't able to do it is because they were so mishmashed because the transfiguration was poor. Oh, I thought it was just because sharks have lots of teeth and they're not precise. So I thought he was actually benefiting from being half transfigured because he could still use his hands to. No, well, maybe, but that might have been an accident. Because like, do you do you think that a shark with its best intentions, if you were tied up, would be able to nip the rope that is restraining yeah. you just precisely and nicely well you wouldn't have to do like right on your arms right like you get it anywhere i would imagine but you're right you could you could be also right that yeah um I'm not sure that, yeah but yeah i mean and then the other two using the same charm was interesting like you said it makes it feel like maybe that should have been pretty easy to figure out like that feels like the bare minimum charm Crumb's charm was more advanced, but it backfired because he didn't quite get it perfectly. Yes. Um, and then obviously we talked about it. Gillyweed is just the best 
the best it, option here. Yeah, yeah, it absolutely was. That was one of the things that I had forgot was the fact that, well, I knew that he used Gillyweed, but I forgot totally that Do- Dobby saved the day this chapter. Yeah, that's because they don't do that, that in the movie um, because Dobby's not really in this movie, but mm-hmm. that's one of like the few things I, I remembered that that's a, that's a big movie difference. I had forgotten because they didn't put it in the movie that Moaning Myrtle showed up again yeah. and helped him again. Like that was a nice little... Uh, I liked it. Yeah, they made yeah. reference to her being familiar with the lake and that type of thing. So mm-hmm. it's kind of interesting. There are some things that don't make sense in this chapter for sure, though. Yes. Um, let's start with the scoring. <laughs> so the scoring went 25, 40, 45, 47. What? Why was the scoring not predetermined? So you get X points if you get your person back within the hour. If you're if you get them back within the you get uh you know Y points if you miss by this amount, like it should have been bucketed. You yeah, you if lose you, so uh, many points off the X amount for every minute. Right. You're and then you get points for what position you come. And then you you should get points for how effective your magic was. So Harry should have got max points for his magic. But how is that as important as meeting the challenge, which was rescue your person in an hour? He wasn't even close. No. Yeah, no, he shouldn't have gotten that at all. I mean, and also should be penalized, if anything, for trying to grab extra people because that was not within the explained rules. Also, I believe this event is not about moral fiber. No, it's not. We've learned that very much that. Yeah. Yeah. The other thing that that jumped out at me as we were talking about like how hard it was researching, there should be some sort of like magic encyclopedia. Um, And maybe it's not going to have a list of things you can do for like how to defeat a dragon, but I feel like breathing underwater would be a pretty. Should be a common thing that a wizard would want to do. Yeah. So. Like, just they should be able to. There should have been an easier way for them to look that up. Um, anything that jumped out of you here that that did make sense? I, I talked about it a bit before, but like, yes, we knew that everyone was going to be kept safe, but there were so many things pointing towards the champions that like their people were in trouble. Like they're literally called victims in it. Harry, here's a poem, the introduction poem, saying that literally if. They won't come back if they don't retrieve them within an hour. I just felt like that there were so many like very obvious things that were pointing towards them not being safe or not being okay that it didn't make sense to me that otherwise that it would have been so obvious that Dumbledore would have made sure that nothing bad would happen to them. Yeah, I I guess they probably wanted to make them feel like that, but any type of sense should have clued you in there. Yeah. Um, The other thing that doesn't make sense to me is that the second task is we, you, we think Quidditch is a terrible spectator sport. The second task is the worst spectator. It can't even be watched. It can't be watched. You're just sitting in some grandstands next to the lake for an hour, waiting for something to emerge. That's literally all you see. They weren't, there was no like, production or visual of what was going on underneath 
for people to watch. Yeah. The next chapter will learn that Harry and Ron are asked to like explain what it was like down there. So they clearly have no idea what's going on. It no just, idea. After watching a dragon, people escape and tr- yeah, dragon tame cool. basically. Very nothing. cool. Yeah. Even the third one's kind of like that too now, actually, that I think about it. Yeah. You're literally just watching them emer- leave and then watching them emerge from their from their trial or challenge. Yeah. So it's not a good spectator sport. The only other thing here, you know what? No, I'm not. It's fine. We don't need to get into it. I'll save it for an LVP portion of my conversation. Um, I did have a couple other thoughts. Number one, these tasks should have cooler names than first task second task, like some sort of branding, but you don't even ask people to watch the second task. You're right. So maybe it doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, baby unicorns are pure gold. That's and cute. then they turn silver when they're like adolescent and then they go gold. That's fun. I like that too. Yeah. Um, Madame Pomfrey, she's a real, M- not, not my literal MVP, but she is an MVP because she's tending to literally everyone who comes out of the water yeah. she must hate this tournament because she just knows that she has work to do has, no like, matter what why would she want this job go yeah. work in a hospital and the only other thing i would ask you is harry a hero or is he an idiot because like we kind of see both sides this like when time it around. comes to when, when it comes, comes to him to when it comes to him rescuing. wanting yeah wanting to save everyone i think i would lean on the idiot side of the spectrum here. They're not in trouble. Yeah. The more people clearly tell you more than once, just one. You're there first. Go get it done. Like, just go finish the task. Yeah. It it leads into my quotes, kind of, but like... Well, before we go there... Okay, all right. Why did they have to take people... They couldn't like take why, why was the task not 2000? just go? Why was, was the fireball. task not just like go retrieve a 2000 pound brick or something? Like, yeah, I guess the added emotional weight, the uh, the adrenaline of it, I think, where it's very personal. That's Maybe. the only I guess thing. That made, I guess that makes sense, but yeah, yeah. All right. So, what were, what were you about to say? What was your quote that you had? Just, here? just the quote, like it's Ron afterwards after they, uh, essentially get out because ron had been kind of chastising him about being like you always have to be the hero and so ends up getting some points for it there you go harry ron shouted over the noise you weren't being thick after all you were showing moral fiber which i had a good laugh at because yeah as kind of said like yeah harry has this mindset where he has to kind of do everything on his own which doesn't end well sometimes no it doesn't. Um, my quote was, we thought Snape was trying to kill Harry before, and it turned out he was saving Harry's life, remember? Which Hermione says to Ron about Snape. But I can't for the life of me remember what that conversation was now. Oh, like when they had the conversation? Yeah. Or uh, that would have been right at the beginning, I think, when they found Snape in the hall and... Oh, when Harry was debriefing them about Snape. Yeah, when he was debriefing them about Snape and them there. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, anything else you want to talk about on the second task? This is, you're right, this is the lamest of the three tasks. It is. It's a bummer of a task. It's a swimming lesson, basically. 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 All right. Well, LVP, what's your thoughts? Harry. 
Yeah. Um, no doubt. No, I didn't even consider anyone else. Yeah. I like, guess you could have considered Fleur because she couldn't do it, but no. But still. Yeah. No, he, he was so hesitant in figuring out the task in the first place. And that really came to bite him in the butt here when he couldn't figure out how to breathe underwater. Yeah, for he his didn't hour. figure out how to do it. And he did it in the end. Exactly. Uh, you know, he's nearly late for the competition. He didn't bother setting an alarm or anything. No. And then also, I just, again, it kind of goes back to him trying to be the hero. He's trying to save everyone. And it's actually kind of insulting to the others who are competing because they're all like very capable witches and wizards. And just because he got there first, he instantly goes like, oh, I got to save them all because the others aren't happening. And this is squarely on me to resolve. And yeah, like like I said, that's going to be a mindset that's going to get him into some trouble and will be used to his advantage in future books. So it's, yeah, we're learning more about his psyche this time around and maybe some of his flaws in this chapter. Yeah, agreed. No question. Uh, Harry, Harry for me as well. Um, flip side. I didn't consider anyone else for my MVP. I just had Ooh. one. Yeah, uh, me too. Dobby. I mean, we can, let me explain this one. We'll switch it up here. Uh, He provided Harry the one answer on how to complete said task. Mm -hmm. And he woke him up. So there's the two. He basically just, yeah, he basically got it. So that's it. Though Dobby, Harry fails. And then he doesn't get to go on to the third task. And all of... Voldemort's planning fails. So really Dobby's the villain. <laughs> Dobby messed this up. Yeah. Yep. That's it. That's, that's it. That's it. The second task is done. Uh next week we're going to talk on a little bit of serious black chapter 27 Padfit Padfit Padfoot returns. Um I'm kind of glad to be done this task for tasks for a bit. We'll get a little plot stuff and then eventually we'll make it to the third. Yeah, task. yeah, we're going to learn a lot in the next chapter especially about some key characters and kind of see the end results of that and learn some more but yeah we had to get through this one i know we're talking about like how we're at at an exciting part of the book and we are because there was lots of action and there was lots going on this chapter it's just it was still just swimming to and from though going for a little tread in the water yes it was it was just swim swim follow us on instagram you can give us a follow there uh at harry potter reread podcast we post some clips from the show we post some lego we do a little bit of everything over there yeah that's it we'll be back next week i'm david that was kyle bye